This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Second hour of Seattle Sports at Night underway right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Shout out to you for stopping by. Last night we had, what, all sorts of people checking in from all walks of life. Members of the Seattle Sports Night Army. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if the Army is still out there, it's time to report for duty. <laughs> like, that's... I, I'm it, I, I'm issuing a decree, a challenge to the Seattle Sports Night Army. If you're out there and you're a member, it's time to report. It's roll call time. 710-710. Coors Light text line is there for you. Uh, Stacy, you've brought up at every single turn in this Russell Wilson negotiation how it falls on the premiere of Game of Thrones. Not just every single turn tonight. I think you can attest to the fact that I have mentioned this every single day for two months. Not the Russell Wilson deadline. Yeah. Game of Thrones. And then since the news broke, I have been talking about how closely it coincides with a day that I've been waiting for, for what feels like my whole life. And it feels like the Seahawks... And Russell Wilson have been waiting for what feels like our entire lives the last like, I just five think or six you days. hear something like April deadline right after Game of Thrones and you think like, is it personal? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, is it we're all talking about like why this deadline is at the start of, you know, the offseason conditioning. But I think what we're not asking is like, is it a Stacy thing? Like, is it a me thing? Did Russell Wilson and Mark Rogers, when they were thinking of this deadline, did do you think your name was brought up specifically because on their giant panel in in Russell Wilson headquarters yes. of, of all Twitter accounts that all enemies out, yeah all enemies did they did they look at your account specifically with see, my adorable smile see the the percentage of Game of Thrones tweets to Seahawks tweets and they were like yes that's it. That's the one we're going to mess with the most. Yeah. Her, Stacy Rost, this Seattle Sports at Night show, mm-hmm. 710sports.com. Yeah. I'm That's not saying the one. I mean I'm not I'm not weird, you know what I mean? Like I don't think it's a reach that this saying that this is very clearly personal. Yeah. And well I'll ask I'll have to ask Jake about it. Yeah. Since Jake is in the camp. We got a lot of people texting in uh chime or they're reporting for duty. We got ten, oh, good. we got Tenino from the two oh six. They're they're checking in. We've got uh the south end of Seattle from the two oh six. They're checking in. Also the two oh six they say, I know this Yo, is bad karma. They say I know this is bad karma. What are I'm you ju- doing? I'm just hoping news breaks now during the Game of Thrones premiere. Why do you want to fight? Like why do you want to fight me? You wanna like you want the two oh six to catch these hands. Right? Yeah. Pull up two oh six. What do you say? What do you say? Uh, but the Russell Wilson negotiations, they are just, they are nonstop, or at least the, the talking, the posturing about said negotiations, it is nonstop. And today, ESPN's Brady Henderson, formerly of 710 ESPN, but now he's off in, in the big boy world. Mm-hmm. And he's writing for the man now. He joined the Bill Barnwell show on uh, ESPN.com uh, podcast earlier today, and those two discussed where we they see these negotiations going. And Brady at one point talked about how he thinks ultimately logic is going to prevail and they will end up reaching an agreement and the Seahawks will end up paying him. 
do you think that if this deal doesn't get done by April 15th, that it's over between the two sides, that the Seahawks are going to move on from Russell Wilson at some point? No, I don't. I think it's confusing because I feel like the, the logic that you think you have from the outside looking in is uh, everyone fears losing their job and everyone fears, fears failing and embarrassment. And I think that with something like a public-facing job, an organization, uh, with jobs that are so closely tied together like quarterback and then head coach and GM – I think you see something like that and you think, why wouldn't you? Not just, I mean, even outside of uh, Russell Wilson's skill level, you think, why wouldn't you lock that down? Are you nervous? Um, And so I think maybe as a result, uh, folks kind of start to read into reasons that might not just be financial as to why you wouldn't do that. Whether or not those are true, I don't know. But I think that just the normal reaction people have is trying to figure out why you wouldn't make a decision that feels so obvious. And Brady was actually asked that by Bill Barnwell. Um, and Bill Barnwell said, is there uh, a sense that inside the building there's less kind of, I don't know, not love, but less reverence for Wilson than there is outside of it? And he said, no. I mean, I really do think that um, a lot of it is financial and that we just talk it to death and we kind of come up with all these theories and scenarios. This isn't Brady. This is me summarizing. Um that that we explore all these options and sometimes uh, the easiest answer and the one that's true is also kind of the most boring, which is that maybe it is just a big financial decision to make. And when you're trying to think of the long-term health of your organization, um, those things come into question and you start wondering, you know, is it a mistake if I pull the trigger on this? And so I do agree with Brady in that ultimately I think the trade price on Wilson is not just going to be too high for other teams to to do. Brady mentioned something like three first-round picks. Like, it would have to be just an astronomical price. Whatever you think you would trade for Frank Clark or Bobby Wagner, Double multiply that. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, it's just something that doesn't normally happen. Like, imagine, like, a, you know, a 30-year-old Aaron Rodgers or, or someone coming onto the market, and that's just not heard of. So... I think he says that's already something that's unlikely. I think one thing to take into consideration in these negotiations when that $35 million price tag or maybe even a $40 million price tag is getting thrown out there is everybody looks at it against the 2019 salary cap, which has gone up over the last – it's gone up every season over the last six years considerably. And 35 to $40 million now – I think it's going to be a lot different than what it is in 2022 or 23 when Russell Wilson is up for another deal. Mm-hmm. I think I think the salary cap is easily going to exceed $200 million within maybe the next year because yeah. it's at, what, 188 right now? Yeah, when I was looking at it, the past several years, it's gone up by about 10 per year. So presumably next year would be like... One what one ninety eight or something? What was it this year? One eighty eight. One eighty eight. So if it so does it would that... be slightly less than two hundred, and then by you know twenty one twenty twenty one twenty twenty two, you're looking at you know over two hundred million dollars. But then you got to also factor in in twenty twenty. That's when the CBA expires, and who knows how what salary structure is going to be in the NFL? Maybe there's a lockout, and maybe there's something that drastically changes how salaries are done in the NFL where instead of all of these 
it, you know, incentives that, you know, are impossible to hit, but get put in contracts and, you know, the whole guaranteed at signing and mm-hmm. then all of that, maybe contracts do become fully guaranteed, but then you see players signing for just one or two years deals because teams don't want to commit to a fully guaranteed contract beyond one or two seasons. But I think right now to say that, oh, you, you're paying Russell Wilson and his salary is going to eat up your cap space for years and years and years and years. I don't think that's the right way of looking about this because what it is right now in 2019 will not be what it is three, four years down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think just what you run into is what's the health of the rest of your team? How can you support them? I really do just think it's getting to a point where uh, the the price tag of those elite quarterbacks is just bumping into that like 20% mark and is kind of inching closer and closer to where all of a sudden you have, what is that, a fifth of your salary? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because it'd be... about. Well, if Russell Wilson makes forty million dollars a season and the salary cap, it would be twenty percent of a two hundred million salary yeah. cap, which I don't know that it'll be like a forty. I I do agree uh, with with Jake and and with a lot of the reports that have come out that the uh, the real issue or question is more of a guaranteed money scenario than it is a. It has to be forty million a year. I think it's it's probably more like a you know a thirty five. 36 is okay, but don't only guarantee the first year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I could bounce back and forth about this forever, and I know that we will talk about it day in and day out. And in the minute that April 16th rolls around and the deal isn't done, um, this conversation just goes on for another several months. And so I think it's natural to just wonder why. But I, I really do agree with Brady that it could be something as simple as finances and that at the end of the day, if that April 15 deadline isn't met, then, you know, before that franchise tag, they'll agree on some kind of number. The waiting game will get played until April 15th. Strap in. Buckle up, Seahawks fans, because we've got a couple more days of this turbulence. Coming up in about 15 minutes in Big If True... Could the Seahawks be the first team to move on from a franchise quarterback for a younger option? Could they be a team that sets that standard? One NFL analyst out there thinks so. We'll get into what he had to say coming up in about 15 minutes. But up next, there's a lot of weird news going on in sports right now. We try to make sense of some of it, any of it, maybe all of it, but we do our best. That's next. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Ross, Seattle Sports Tonight on 710. ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Stacy, I'm telling you, the Seattle Sports Night Army, they came out in full force on the Did text they? line that, that last segment. We got Joseph from Yelm, the 360, says, I tune in every night, and if I miss it, there's always a timely podcast. Super enjoyable show. 206, checking in from Columbia City. 253, the mean streets of University Place in the house. From the 707, the number one caller checking in for duty, Kendall, out in Santa Monica. Kendall. He says, I got your back against the 206, Stacy. Yeah, I knew Kendall would have my back. Yeah, so the, the Seattle Sports Tonight Army always coming out in full force. Keep those texts coming in. Keep those texts coming in. We want to know where you're listening to us from here on this Thursday night. Coming up 
In about 10 minutes from now, it is big if true. One NFL analyst, former quarterback, says the Seahawks could start to set the standard in how teams deal with franchise quarterbacks. How? Well, we'll get into that about 10 minutes from now. But some weird, weird, weird headlines from around the world of sports. Uh, NHL playoffs going on right now. I don't know about you, Stacy, but I am ready for the NHL to be here just because I want some, some playoff action mm-hmm. going on in this town. Imagine if right now we had a hockey team in the playoffs. You couple that with what the Mariners are doing, these Russell Wilson negotiations, like it would be it would be so absurd to be like, what do we talk about first? That's you- the thing, because let me tell you what. Getting through stretches of when the Seahawks missed, well, I mean, they had the the off-season moves, but other than that, there are days in, like, February, yeah. January, where you're just like... Early March. Where you're like, oh, man, it is Let's, a desert yeah. out there. <laughs> and to have uh, the NHL in town, which they're going to be here 2021, uh, that's going to be super exciting. I think later on this year, we learn the team colors and, and team name as well. So, Do you buy the theory that it's going to be red and black because all of the promotional stuff has been red and black? I 100% do. I have seen mixed uh, sentiment about that, that some people saying, well, it doesn't really match like the green-blue vibe of all the other teams, but I'm not mad at the idea of a black jersey. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not mad at them changing up the color scheme from what we've seen here in Seattle with all the teams with like blue, green, and white, or in the Mariners' case, blue, teal, and white. Ugh. I don't mind teal. I just got to say that. Um, but just get some different color in the the palette around here. I'm all for it. Uh, but in the NHL playoffs going on right now, San Jose Sharks, they're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, the the darlings of the NHL, last year's Western Conference champion, the, the most recent expansion team, someone a team that a lot of people have kind of pointed to here in town and saying, yeah, let's model it after them. Well, the Sharks captain, Joe Pavelski, he took a shot in the mouth the oh, other day. teeth things. Puck hit his face, and it went into the net for a goal. Wow. Right off his, right off his grill, right behind Vegas Golden Knights goalie Mark andre Fleury. Did he lose teeth? He did. Spitting chiclets out there. And it ultimately became the game-winning goal. Uh, lost a few teeth, but he did manage to stay in the game because that's just how hockey players are. Do, ho- do a lot of hockey players wear fake teeth? A few of them, yeah. Not a lot, but a few. Yeah. Some of them just go with their grill missing some digits. And... The idea of missing teeth. I chipped my front tooth when I was younger. A per- my permanent tooth. Half of it's fake. Because when I was younger, I was aiming a rubber band like a hair tie at my sister. Yeah. And uh, I let go of the wrong end. And it had a little metal uh, thing on it, holding the band together. And it Ooh. went back, literally, like as far as I could stretch this hairband, I'd let go Mm-mm. of the wrong side. And it came back and hit me in the mouth and chipped my tooth in half. I almost uh, lost like my whole tooth. Ew. And uh, that is called karma. And speaking of fake teeth, if you haven't checked it out, uh, Danny did more today. Jim apparently had a procedure. Now he's got a couple of fake teeth. And he took, and he out, took his... out those fake teeth on air. On the air. And the best part is Jessamine, 
who is horrified. Yeah, she's like, what am I doing? And Danny is, like, crying. He's laughing so hard. Yeah, and, and Dave recoils. And Jasmine is just shouting, put them back in! Yeah. And he's not putting them back in, and Danny just keeps saying, hey, they're not back in, they're still out. <laughs> she's horrified. Ugh. Poor Jess. Yeah. Make sure you check that out on the podcast page. Uh, also, minor league baseball, there's some weird promotions that always go on with different teams. This minor league affiliate of the Miami Marlins, they have had they've come up with a pretty interesting promotion, one that is poking fun at the area in which their team was located. Stacy, what do you got for us? This is actually one of the better sports stories I've heard because one of my favorite things is the Florida man deal whether it's like like the the hashtag well yeah just the idea that the weirdest news stories come from florida because they do like have you ever googled your birthday plus florida man yeah i forget what the result was but holy cow i know there's some weird stuff in there um so this (laughs) the marlins minor league team um they are going to they're the jacksonville jumbo shrimp which first of all that's an amazing mascot and it also makes me very hungry Uh, They're going to have a Florida man night on July. I think it's July 26. And they're going to have a weird Florida law that is broken every inning. And to make sure that they sufficiently break the law, Mm. they're going to have a lawyer in the house to be like, yes, this is how you break that law. Now, will there be a cop on hand to like slap? (laughs) It's actually a trick. Yeah. The whole thing is like when a police station pits on Facebook, like, hey, (laughs) we have a stolen car over here. If you want to come, go ahead and pick that up. Yeah. Or like, uh, hey, guys, I'm... Drugs are bad, but yeah. if you if you could if you name your favorite f- spot in town to go pick those up, where would you get them? Yeah, I comment if, below. I think this might all be a trap. Yeah, low key. Just if you're going to Florida Man Night, wait. Yeah, maybe maybe don't break the laws in inning one through three. Just kind of get get a feel for the night, and then start breaking some laws. But why don't you let let the dummies go first? Uh, yeah, just let those people. Just see if they come back into the game. Because if they don't, then that means they're probably... I'm sure there are going to be laws that are like, you can't... uh, Tie your shoes on a Wednesday on, (laughs) like... That's just a superstition, Curtis. Yeah. No, it's going to be stuff like, you can't have a beer uh, within 100 feet of... A school. No, I mean, maybe not, but that's not going to be it. They're not going to be like, everyone follow me. Let's yeah. go to the school. Like, they actually go out and break laws. It's just the purge. <laughs> like, everyone thinks it's going to be this really fun, like, oh, it's Florida guy night. Welcome to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And they're like, here's a bat for you and a bat for you. You get this chainsaw. Let's roll. That might be what it is. Oh, man. Some guys who could stand to go back to minor league baseball. Baltimore Orioles first baseman Chris Davis in the midst of the longest hitless streak in Major League history, today it was stretched out to 0 for 53. This hitless streak is so long, it goes back to the 2018 season. I mean, 0 for 53, at that point, you're just swinging at anything, right? Like, at that point, you are trying to get back into the dugout. Yeah. like I think at that point, you're asking your, your manager, like, do you really want me out here? At that point, you are me. <laughs> going. <laughs> you and I could go over for 53. I could go over 53 easy, not to brag. Yeah. But yeah, I could. No brag, just fact. 
And then also Washington Nationals reliever Trevor Rosenthal, he finally snapped the longest streak in Major League history of games without having retired a batter. He was he pitched five consecutive appearances without retiring a batter. His ERA for this season was infinity. <laughs> so he finally snapped it today, got his first batter out. So uh, at least some good came from some pretty dubious streaks going on in baseball yeah. right now. But Chris Davis, 0 for his last 53. And now he's 1. Of 53, right? No, he hasn't gotten a hit He yet. still has a Curtis, I thought this had a happy ending. No, we're still waiting for the happy ending. Will it ever come? Maybe so not. So you're just telling me about I'm someone's... Just telling I you. thought that they were going to coincide and that no. and that both of them were going to have a little bit... So so this guy is still struggling. Still struggling. Curtis. Still on the struggle bus. I was expecting that he would have got a... Oh, come on, nope. man. You can't nope. give me that. I did. I gave it. And <sighs> you can't take it back. You cannot take it back. And then finally, uh, an Argentine soccer fan got a tattoo of the QR code of a YouTube video, what? like on his leg, so that people could scan it and then like bring up this highlight video. What if QR codes expire? Well, here's the thing. Oh no! The video has been taken down no! from YouTube, so this QR code goes to nothing. Oh my god! What I want to know. How can you make that URL be something else? Mm. Like some kind of troll out there is going to find a way to where that QR code goes to like some really weird video. Ooh. Wait, how old is this person? He looked like he was in his early 20s. That's too old to do that. Yeah. When you said soccer player, I thought like, well, maybe he's like a younger guy. No, he's a soccer fan. Like this isn't even a player. Oh my God. This is a guy who's just that... I thought it was a dude that was like, yo, my highlights, check them out. No, that would be fun, too. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, but like, also ridiculous. Get a QR code of like a SoundCloud page of us. Or yeah, something. exactly. Like, You're like an artist. You're like, yeah, you can listen to us here. Go ahead and scan that. Here are my best segments on Seattle Sports at Night. <laughs> do you use Square? You could slide here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, lot, that's ridiculous. You're more, still too uh, old to do that. Yeah. You could be 22 and you're too old to do that. A lot more check ins coming in. A uh, couple of people from the 808. Listening from Honolulu and then listening from Hawaii. Shout out to you guys from the 206. Really enjoy your show. Go Stacy. Oh, okay. yay. I'll remember that, 206. And the 805. <laughs> the disrespect in has been noted. As well. Exactly. But uh, coming up next, are the Seahawks in position to reshape how teams use their franchise quarterbacks? Are they in position to sort of reshape how teams look about building their teams? One NFL analyst certainly thinks so. We discuss that next. Curtis Rogers, Stacey Ross, Seattle Sports at Night on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. With you for about another half hour here on Seattle Sports at Night. Shout out to you guys for stopping by here on... This Thursday night. So shout out to you guys. 808, shout out from the Big Island. Perfect drive time show for us here. That got us thinking in the break. Stacy and I, we get a lot of shout outs from those of you who are listening in Hawaii. Because of the, yeah, because of the time Because of the drive time. Yeah, because it's 530 in Hawaii currently, which is, you know, kind of peak listening hours for So we've radio. decided in so, a change of. Yeah, so it's Seattle, in parentheses, Hawaii, 
sports <laughs> at night in parentheses. Light, we late are going to shamelessly capitalize yeah. on this market right so, now. So coming up next, can the <laughs> Rainbow Warriors knock off BYU? Yep. Sorry. Listen, Seattle residents, fans, we're still going to talk Seahawks. To be honest, we're still Seattle sports, but we are going to shamelessly mention Hawaii for at least the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Shout out shout out to those in the Big Island. Aloha to you all. But uh, it is time, as always, here on Seattle Sports at Night for some Big If True. And today's Big If True comes to us from another person who has felt the need to weigh in on the Russell Wilson negotiations because who at this point hasn't weighed in? I'm waiting for like the Cardi B sound off yeah, on Russell Wilson. Or the Kardashian sisters. or the. Pre- what does Kendall Jenner think about the Russell Wilson situation? Stay tuned. Rami Malek. I want to know what he thinks. Yeah, that dude's kind of weird. The guy from Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. He's a weird dude. Yeah, he did that weird weird, commercial. You get some weird vibes, but what if he's got a great Russell Wilson take? Then we're all for it. I want to know, the weirder the person, the better the take, Mm. in my opinion. We're pretty weird people, so that means we got some great ones. But as every night here on Seattle Sports Night around 8.30... We look at something someone said that's big if true. It comes to us tonight from Chris Sims, so let's take a listen. This can't be happening! Big. This can't be serious, man. If. Did, did he, he say, say that? that? True. History is going to change. The bottom line on the hottest opinions of the day. You cannot be serious! Tonight's big if true comes to us from Chris Sims, former NFL quarterback, son of Phil Sims. And... He was talking about the Seahawks and the situation they've been presented with, with Russell Wilson. Do you pay him? What do you do with him? Do you maybe move on from him and bring in a younger quarterback to help sort of divvy up the money that would be heading towards Russell Wilson and paying other guys on your team, Frank Clark, Bobby Wagner, being those two players, at least at the forefront of everybody's minds. Here is what Sims had to say about the Seahawks and what they, what he would want them to do. The Seattle Seahawks are the type of team uh, that I've always looked at, and we've kind of dabbled in this conversation where the last few weeks I've always said, who is going to be the first team that has the guts to move on from a big-time franchise quarterback and say, okay, we're going to restart at square one with a young quarterback and build our team around depth and great players and have a quarterback on the rookie Uh, salary cap option still so we've seen in the last couple of years teams that have a quarterback that is on the rookie wage scale have a lot of success Jared Goff Carson Wentz in Philadelphia even though it was Nick Foles who won the Super Bowl and then we've also got other Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were maybe the best example yeah last year winning MVP in his second year in the league and Kansas City being Russell Wilson for a play matter. away. Yeah, 2012, Russell Wilson. Uh, the 49ers in 2012 Colin had Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick as well as their quarterback. So maybe that is the key to getting to the Super Bowl is having a quarterback in his first couple of years in this league and then taking advantage of the added money that you have to, to throw around when you're not paying somebody 30 plus million dollars. Maybe that's the route to go, but 
On the other hand, why would you ever get rid of somebody with the talent level of Russell Wilson? Also, related to that, who says that every four years there's going to be a Patrick Mahomes you can take? Exactly. How many, how many franchises, typically if you don't have a franchise quarterback, uh, especially for an extended period of time, you're going to struggle, which means you're going to have a higher draft pick, which means you get first take at any of those quarterbacks you think might work. How many have we seen that just don't work out? A lot. A lot. There's one backing Honestly, up Russell Wilson right most. now, Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Like, it's... I, my problem with that argument is that it's it's assuming that it is easy to fill that position every couple years. And, and that you not. will draft that player. Not and, only that. And I've made the point a few times now, the Seahawks have waited the entire franchise's existence for a quarterback as talented as Russell Wilson. Yeah, you've had good quarterbacks in the past. Matt Hasselbeck, Dave Craig, Jim Zorn, to name a few. But none have even come close to touching Russell Wilson in terms of talent, in terms of production, in terms of efficiency. Or maybe what other quarterbacks have done for, like Indy might look back at a Peyton Manning. Yeah, and you look at what Indy did with Peyton Manning when they cut him after he had his four neck surgeries. Everybody thought they were going to get the next great quarterback in Andrew Luck, and he's been a really solid quarterback, and maybe there is a Super Bowl in his future. But to expect... Andrew Luck to meet the production that Peyton Manning had when he was in Indianapolis, that's insane. And it's pretty clear that he hasn't matched what Peyton Manning has done in Indianapolis. And yeah, the Colts are in a good spot because they still, I believe they still have the most cap space to work with. Well, and part of that was missing time with an injury, but that also brings up the idea that you never know if someone's going to be healthy. Russell Wilson hasn't missed a game in his career. And who's to say that he could miss one over the next you know couple of years because he's been a, a pillar of health here in Seattle and he's a guy that has as Jake can attest to he's going to take every first team snap regardless of pretty much his health like this is a guy who is not going to let any backup quarterback in here and, and right. he's not going to let he's not going to give up his job. At least not easily. Incredibly competitive at pretty yeah. much every turn. And I think if you're the Seahawks, you want Russell Wilson leading your team for as long as you can have him. I think it does bring up the interesting point and why I think this topic interested both of us is that if it's not Seattle, and it, it might be that Seattle is the first team to turn away that sure thing, that franchise quarterback, and, and take a risk just because the quarterback salary is just it's just inching a little too high uh, for comfort. But but if it's not Seattle, and this is also what Tom Walsall brought up, then when will a team do that? Will a team do that? Is there going to be uh, a plateau for, not a plateau, but a slowing down for quarterback salaries? And you brought up Tom Wassel, who on Twitter yesterday, if you haven't checked it out, you can uh, follow Tom at Tom Wassel. He tweeted out the question, in the next four years, will any NFL team ditch their franchise quarterback, draft a younger one with the purpose of saving was money? Was it a poll? It was a poll. 2,600 people voted on it. 58% said yes, there will be a team within the next four years that will do that. 42% said no. Teams that have their franchise quarterbacks will stick with them and continue to move forward. I think... Uh, uh, the most recent example I can think of of a team moving on from a franchise quarterback 
in order to bring in a younger one. I think there are a few. Obviously, we have Indianapolis, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and Andrew Luck. The Packers with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And the Chargers with Drew Brees and Philip. But Rivers. even then, they were not 30-year-old quarterbacks who had excelled. That's was, true. They weren't in the prime of their career. Brett Favre was nearing 40. Same with Peyton Manning. Just based off of the time left in their career, it was obvious that those two teams needed to move on in order to maximize their title windows. The Packers were able to get one under Rodgers. The Colts are still waiting for their first AFC title under Andrew Luck. But right now, you know, there is just to say that like you said, to expect a quarterback to be as talented or more talented than Russell Wilson in any draft, especially looking at this year's draft, which many people have considered to be a down year in terms of quarterback talent. That's even if Kyler Murray goes number one overall. And I think the only reason Kyler Murray is being projected at number one overall is because of the Cardinals quarterback situation as it currently stands. Mm -hmm. Josh Rosen not being a top flight quarterback yet, maybe not even anywhere down the road, there's still at least a chance because we don't know what Kyler Murray is going to be like at the NFL level. But you look at teams like, uh, you know, other teams that have quarterbacks up for big time deals. What if the Chiefs all of a sudden say, you know what? We don't need to pay Patrick Mahomes $40 million. Because that's the thing that I think I saw uh, from the 360, and this is a fair point. They said Alex Smith. And that's honestly when you were coming up with examples, I thought, well, Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. And I know that was more closely to, well, he got injured and then they liked what Colin was doing. Um, but even then, Alex Smith isn't a a fair comparison with Russell Wilson. I think, well, and I think a better example would be someone that you feel like has so much of a future and, and has a higher ceiling. And so I think Patrick Mahomes there is a better example because the thing with Russell Wilson that makes it such a curious case for so many national writers, especially is, is that they wonder, uh, this defies NFL logic, right? Yeah. Like, you it haven't goes seen against, something like it. It goes against every single thing that is taught in NFL circles, that once you find a franchise quarterback, you do everything in your power to keep him forever and ever. And not just a franchise quarterback that can help you stay afloat. A franchise quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. Not just one that's going to get you 10 wins every year. And, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Or, you know, you look at, say, the Detroit Lions and what they have with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he's their best quarterback in franchise history, but he's only good enough to get you nine or ten wins. He's not ever going to take the Lions to a Super Bowl. He's never going to win a Super Bowl. Well, yo, what if the Lions win the Super Bowl next year? You heard it here first, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's Put I, I can't imagine bucks right now. Yeah, nope, no, we just that, made that bet. Yeah, so, congrats to the Detroit Lions on winning Super Bowl Fifty Four. Coming up next, it is time for your text questions. We wrap up every single episode of Seattle Sports Tonight the same exact way with your questions. Ask us anything. My favorite segment. We'll do our best to answer everything, but that is coming up next. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Ross, Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. 
you can you can check out the Seattle Sports at Night podcast, Google Play, Apple Podcast. It's there for you. You can subscribe, get every single hour of every single show. Sevensensports.com is also the place to be to find every episode of Seattle Sports at Night. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Rost here with you for just a few more moments. It's time for you to ask us anything on the Coors Light text line. 710-710 is the number to text. Stacy, what are you seeing out there? Uh... Da, 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 da. What's the most unintentionally rude thing someone has said to you? Unintentionally rude. I immediately think of like a child. Oh, kind of, thing. kind of like you know, like a kid saying something mean about you because they're just they just say observations and they kids, don't know to bite their tongue. Kids and like teenagers have a way of picking out that one thing you are most insecure about. Yes, and like you having never they brought should it up work to for them. the FBI. Yeah. And they know it immediately, like right at seeing you first time, and mm-hmm. they're just like, "Your feet are big." And it's like, <laughs> I, "Wow, how do you know that?" Like, "Wow, am I gonna have to like yell at this child yeah. that I don't even know?" I, uh, in high school, got my hair highlighted, and it was really, really bad. And it was right before a dance, and I was really nervous about it. And uh, I got out of the car, and someone's little brother said, Your hair looks like lightning. <laughs> oh, no. It was awful. I hate it so much. Uh, Curtis, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen in your entire scariest life? Scariest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. You know uh, what I'll say? I don't know if it would still be the scariest, but the movie that scared me the most was probably The Ring. Yeah. I'm not a huge horror movie fan. I do want to see Us, the, oh, it's good. the new Jordan Peele movie. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that. It's not scary so much it is. there's like just jumpy. Yeah, there's yeah. jumpy moments. And there's uh, more comedy than I was expecting. Nice. Scariest movie I've ever seen. Uh, I haven't seen the... I've seen parts of the Blair Witch Project. I've never seen it all the way through. I'm... Sure, we'll go with that. I think that scary concepts are like the purge is a scary concept. Yeah, that's horrifying. The Exorcist. That was like the the first horror. Movie. I've seen that. That's a weird movie. Uh, da, 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 da. who's your favorite figure in sports history? Favorite figure in sports history. Just in terms of. I don't know. Whatever you want it to be. It could be the best athlete. Figure. It could be the greatest person. A person that you wish you could have been able to cover. Um, a person who you wish could have had a longer career. Just just for, for any measure, your favorite person in sports history. Favorite person in sports history. Or a person, sometimes I think of like, I wish I would have been older when so Michael that, Jordan was. You know what so I mean? So you could appreciate Yeah, like I, I wish that I would have been my age now. Um to see his run instead of just, you know, I think learning about him watching Space Jam. As having a tiny child. King Griffey Jr. play in the city where I spent my most formative years watching him each and every day. I think that makes him the most beloved sports figure to me. But also I think currently I think the guys who I root for the hardest uh Steph Curry is one. Just because he seems like a really genuine person, mm-hmm. and a lot of the causes he has taken up for have been, you know, stuff that I, I really, you know, really support. He's been a huge proponent of like 
women in basketball. He's been a huge proponent, or he's done. He does this thing where, which each with each three pointer he makes, which is a lot, he donates like mosquito netting to mm-hmm. underprivileged countries. I mean, he's just a, a really fascinating, cool, down to earth dude who it, it seems like everybody in the NBA likes as well. LeBron James line. is another one. You know him. Him creating that school in his hometown of Akron, Ohio, to give underprivileged kids a, a shot at going to a four-year college. I mean, just I know what an unbelievable, unbelievable thing he's in. Two five three, their most beloved athlete ever, Bo Jackson. I thought that when I was saying whose career you wish would have lasted longer, I was thinking my answer to that would be Bo Jackson. Yeah, you know he's twenty-eight. When he retired, mm-hmm. yeah. And but when he, he had his final season, yes. So he yes. hit thirty plus home runs, and I believe he also ran for a thousand plus yards. It's wild. In what? Yeah. Um, Imagine anybody doing that right now; they would be the number one athlete in America. From the two hundred nine, what was your favorite science project in school? Currently helping my eleven year old with his. So one year, I wanted to see what the we did it with basketballs just the bounce whether a cold ball would bounce as high as a room temperature one as opposed to a warm one and obviously the cold ball bounced the least the room temperature one was in the middle and then the hot ball bounced the most was it a popular project like were people like yo curtis this is a really cool science project it got a second place ribbon in the sixth grade science what got first place that's what we need to tell the 209 to do yeah i don't quite remember the (laughs) look 209 we're gonna go scout (laughs) to lake young's elementary school yeah science Mm. fair we didn't have a science fair really and i was also really bad at science so i cannot help you here but i feel like we should go do some research we should just we might get arrested, but we're going to scout out some high schools, look for these science is projects, the, uh, and we will get back to you. Is the baking soda and vinegar volcano? That's so, that I mean, a it's thing? a classic, but it's like, this has been done before. The basketball thing might not be bad if you can add something cool to it. Yeah, like flames. Like yes. a ring of fire. If you could set, if, if the reason that the one basketball is warm is because it's on fire, that's an amazing science project. <laughs> yeah, handle with care. Do something with, uh, like, Liquid nitrogen. Yeah, like make ice cream for class. Yeah, or like freeze a banana. And like then break banana. it. Yeah, and then break it. Those are always fun. And I, I will say liquid nitrogen. Not fun for kids to play with, but really cool science yeah, project. Do that. That's going to do it for us here on this Thursday night. We will be back with you next week. Jake Heaps, I believe, will also be back from vacation. It's about time he comes back. Seriously, get it together. Yeah, you got a show here to mm, do. It's called Work Ethic, Jake. Mm. <laughs> Heard about it? <laughs> oh, I've got a family. And then okay. this keeps going for 10 minutes. <laughs> They're like, yo, I, this show should have ended a while ago. Yeah, so we're, we're going to stop right okay, here. Okay, okay. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Mariners, they're 13-2. and two. They will be back uh, on these airwaves tomorrow. Pre-game show begins at 6, first pitch is at 7-10. So for myself, well, for Stacy Ross and myself, mostly me, mostly Stacy. She put the team on her back tonight. That's going to do it for us. This is Seattle Sports Tonight on seven ten ESPN Seattle.